and roll. The Texans go in front. They put on the helmet and pads. What's up, man? This is your teammate, number 57, Brennan Scarlett. And make the big plays. Down to the 10-yard line. What a play. Now it's time for Texans players to take you inside the game. I put a ton of pressure on myself. I want to be able to go out there and make the plays. And they'll take you outside the white lines, too. They want to listen to, you know, the slow songs, the R&B. And I'm like, you know, we got to go play football. Welcome to the Texans Players Show with your hosts, Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty. Hello, Texans, and welcome to the Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer with you with D.P. Sidhu and Drew Doherty, and welcome to the program tonight. It is so much fun to have Jacob Martin on the show. Jacob, welcome in. It's your first ever appearance on the Texans Players Show, and I know you're going to be great. Thanks a lot for joining us. How are you? Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Well, uh, it's been a wild ride for the Texans so far, and let's just go back to Sunday. I know we want to look ahead always in football, but uh, that was nice to get the victory over the Jaguars. How good did that feel to finally get off the schneid, as they say, get the win, get moving in the right direction? Uh, it was great. You know, um, it, was, it was a good good team team win. You know, we played some complimentary football. Um, you know, so it was, it was, it was great to get that, that first W in the, in the column for sure. After the game, we see Romeo Cornell dancing in the locker room. How much of that did you get to see? How fun was that to see? And obviously the mood's a little bit different these days, isn't it? Yeah. You know, Rack, Rack's been around this game, this, this game in this league for a very long time, man. And wins, winning is fun, you know, uh, and you gotta, you gotta really appreciate those, those little moments, you know, where you get to uh, celebrate those, those accomplishments, uh, you know, before putting them putting them to rest and getting on to the next week, you know, um, and that's just been the the mentality, you know, just win the next thing, you know, and uh, the next thing would be the, the next practice, the next meeting, you know, uh, the next day, every week is that's the that's the mentality, you know, just win win this game, win this week. What is it like for players when you go through a week like that? I don't think you've been through that before. An NFL coaching change. During no, the season I, like that, but what what is the week sort of like for the players in the locker room? Because you still have to prepare for a game. You've got a new interim head coach. He's not quite new to the team, but new for you guys in a new role. So, you know, mentally, where were you at throughout the week, and and how how was your energy level coming out for Sunday's game? You know, for me, like I, I've been through a head coaching change in college, obviously. Uh, um, you know, and it was, it was it was very similar to that in a way of like the the culture isn't necessarily in the and the coaches, the, the cultures and the players, you know, so um, things, things really didn't change. You know, we have, we have our set schedule and we just follow our set schedule every day. Um, and um, we know what to expect and um, coming in to work day in and day out, you know, and now it's just someone else standing in front of the team meeting. It's a privilege, you know, to, to be coached and to have a guy like Rack on, on the staff, you know, that dude's a football legend, literally, you know, um, it's, it's, it's awesome. I think it's, I think it's dope. <laughs> Deshaun said after the game that um, Romeo, he's he's pretty funny in team meetings. He goes, I don't know if he's trying to be funny, but he's pretty funny. Oh, yeah, Rack's hilarious. Uh, can you elaborate <laughs> on what's so funny? <laughs> I, don't even, I, I can't explain it. It's like it's like like Deshaun said, you, you don't really know if he's trying to be funny or if that's like that's just like him. Um, but, like, that's how it was in, in defensive meetings last year. You know, and he's he's uh, been uh, working with outside linebackers with Coach Rump, so. Um, it's, it's been awesome to have Rack around and um, just be able to pick his brain about fo- football stuff and just life questions and just to, to see, what, see what kind of response uh, Rack's going to give you. So, 
you mentioned the uh, the schedule being set, and you follow the same schedule, basically. How important is that? Because you guys are kind of creatures of habit, especially once you get into the flow of a season. You don't want to rock the boat too much probably in that way, right? You appreciate having that set routine? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, once, once you kind of get your, your routine rolling and um, uh, you got your, 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 your weekend place where you're – you know what time you're going to be out of meetings. You know what time you're going to be home by. You know when you're going to uh, have your meals. You know when you can uh, have that moment to do um, extra work, um, whether it's in the facility or outside the facility, um, like on your body or, or mentally or anything like that. Um, you know, once you it's, it's really it's, it's hard to try to change up that routine once you're once you're kind of in the middle of it. So, Jacob, you absolutely smoked Gardner Minshew for a sack in that game on Sunday. Take us through the split second before you actually get him. What's going on in your mind when you see that? Because you had to know this is going to be good for me here in a second. But what's that like when you see that? What's going through your mind? I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, uh, for I, I, I was just really trying to get there to get the ball. You know, I was really just going for the ball. Uh and I, I didn't. I really didn't expect him to still have the ball, really. Um, but whether he had the ball or not, I was going to get that hit as well. But <laughs> he had the ball, which was a, which was a plus. <laughs> Those opportunities are so few and far between, really, right? I mean, you could be doing your job great, but only get an opportunity like that maybe once a game. So, you know, how do you how do you handle that part of it? Because so much of what you do, you got to set the edge, you got to you got to play your position, you got to stay at home or however you would describe it, yet occasionally you do get those moments. So how do you regard all that when you're doing your job out there on the field? Um, I would just say the good teams I've been on, the way it's always talked about is, you know, you're not trying to make the play, you're trying to make a play, you know, you're just trying to make your play. So when you do your job, where that's setting an edge and the ball comes to me, my job is to make that tackle when it's in my gap, you know, mm-hmm. or – if I'm a, if I'm a inside linebacker and I'm run running to that B gap, if the ball comes to me, I'm gonna make that play. You know, now if I have the opportunity to run to the B gap and I'm clean, you know, and I can make the tackle on the backfield, sure, take that shot. You know, but uh, doing your job first allows you to, to 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 make those plays. You know, simply as simple or just simple as just following your 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 rules as a as a pass rusher. You know, you don't want to. Um, get uh like flown by the quarterback behind the quarterback you know um so yeah. always trying to have that mentality of level rush you know whether that's spinning back or you know wiping back over inside uh, or just going to power right there at the level just so you could uh, keep the quarterback in the pocket and then you're not you're not wasting a, a rush so whether Whitney or JJ or Charles comes free they know that 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 okay this Jake has this edge set over here you know or Jay has this edge over here so the quarterback can't run out that way um, you know, simple things like that. As like, I, I, I look at it as, okay, I know, say me and Jay are on the edges or me and Witt are on the edges and Wick wins clean, right? And he's, he's expecting me to be there on the other side to, to make sure the quarterback doesn't get out of the pocket, you know? So that, that helps him out. Now, if the quarterback still tries to get out of the pocket, now that's a free sack for me. You know what I mean? Right. So like, there's work, working, working like that is, is, is how those, those, plays work you know or just just simply doing your job or just following your your basic rules can lead to success jacob martin joining us uh jacob 
who were some of the uh, pro football players you really admired who influenced your style of play, who inspired you as you were coming up through high school and college? Well, growing up, for, for me, I always looked up to my big brother, you know, um, because I never, like, he was four years older than me, or he's, he is four years older than me. Um, but, like, he, he went through everything before I did, you know. So, like, he was the first one to play football out of all of us, and I was just watching him play football and watching him learn and um, being around him and, and being, like, uh, you know, the, the water boy, you know, for the, for the high school football team and, and things like that. Like, I, I, really, I really learned a lot from, from him um, and really – um, just kind of just took from him. But um, as a pro players growing up, I would say, I don't know, man, I'd say Michael Strahan, um, Lawrence Taylor, Von Miller, uh, Jared Allen, a whole bunch, just a whole bunch, a whole bunch of dudes, you know, Brian Daw. I love the way Brian Dawkins like mentality is, you know, I love the way I used to watch like the, the his weapon X uh, video before every game of high school, you know, and, uh, just things like that, you know, dudes, dudes that just played with a, just like a, a, a different edge about them. You know, they just looked fast. They just looked like they hit a little bit harder. They, they just threw themselves around a little bit more, you know, um, dudes that really just play with a reckless abandon. Uh, and, uh, those, those are the dudes I, I really looked up to. Jacob Martin joining us on the Texans players show. All right. So how did you end up at Temple? How did that happen? You're from Colorado. You go to Temple, good program, uh, up and coming program. I mean, it wasn't always that way, but Al Golden, I think, was the first guy to really get it rolling consistently. But how'd you end up there? Yeah, man. So, uh, when I was coming out of high school, you know, I ended up going to high school in Colorado. I had, I had offers, you know, uh, from Colorado and some schools in California and some schools in North Texas, um, some schools down here. But I, I wanted to go somewhere I'd never really been before. You know, my brother, my brother Josh went to Columbia, uh, New York, and I would go visit like for like his homecoming game sometimes. And I loved the for some reason I was just drawn to the East Coast. Like I just loved I loved the East Coast. You know, just that that change of pace in life. You know, because um, um, how I got there was uh, I was actually committed uh, Colorado State at the time. I think I didn't I didn't really want to go there. You know, I didn't want to stay in Colorado. There was nothing nothing about I just didn't want to stay in Colorado, you know, I just wanted to change the scenery, you know. And at the time, my brother was playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. One of the assistant linebacker coaches, uh, Mark DeLeon, his dad coached at Temple or knew coaches at Temple, and he knew Matt Rule and stuff like that. So he sent my film out there to, I think, uh, Mark's dad at the time was at UConn. So he sent my film to UConn and uh, Temple and UCF and some other schools called me back from, from the American. And um, I decided to take a visit to Temple and, uh, when I got to Philly, got off the plane, you know, and, uh, my mom's biggest thing for us was uh, asking yourself, could you really live here, you know, for the next potentially four to six years, you know? Um, and like, I, I, without even seeing the campus, you know, just, just like driving to the city up to the campus, you know, uh, I loved it, you know, and uh, being in North Philly isn't for the, for the faint of heart, for sure. You know, there's not, not a whole lot of green stuff around there. It's Philly. And I loved it. Man, Broad Street is not exactly, yeah, green space. I mean, it is <laughs> Temple. Yeah. It is it is the real deal. That You play your games at the Link, right, at Lincoln Financial yeah. Field? So yeah. that was pretty cool to play in an NFL stadium. Yeah, that was dope. You know, that was, that was, that was really fun um, to, to, to be able to play on that field and just have that that experience, you know, because now it's just, it's just normal now. I got to the NFL. It wasn't a big deal of playing on NFL field, you know. 
pardon my ignorance in not knowing this, but as a rookie, did you did you play there with Seattle? Or? No, I, I, yeah, no. If I would have played, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't because the Texans played there in 2018, the year before you got there, and just you know, like I'm, we're not players or anything, but my goodness, it was like you get assaulted verbally <laughs> if you if you're not on the Philadelphia Eagles sideline. I was like. Wow, this is – and, you know, it sometimes from time to time it happens in other stadiums too, but it's a whole other level there in Philadelphia, Jacob. Love, I love love Philly fans, man. Love Philly fans. <laughs> they were going strong before the game even started. I, oh, I was, yeah, yeah. You guys are going to lose their voices, and we're just doing the – Oh, yeah. A little worried. <laughs> <laughs> I, could only, I could only imagine. I could only imagine what happened. We're, we're just doing the broadcast, guys. <laughs> I'm not, even, I'm not even playing the game, but go ahead and boo me. It's totally fine. Do you, do you oh, remember man. that guy that was yelling? I mean, he was yelling so hard. It was like a full-body yes. workout, this guy. I mean, there's yes. he was not going to just lose his voice. That's what I was thinking of. So, well, you, you think about the place. You think about, like, Philadelphia is, like, as, as, as a sports city, you know, they're – then they throw batteries at Santa Claus or something like that? Snowballs and batteries? Yeah, you know, they say it's urban legend, but I doubt it. You know, they, they boot Santa Claus. They, um, they cheer. I, I, when... I, I saw it on NFL films. Yeah, it, I, no, I'm it, sure it happened. Is it true that they were piping in noise for the Eagles games and they even piped in some booze? At one I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know I, about I that. that. <laughs> they wanted to make it an authentic experience. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> hey, but you're right now. You're in uh, at your house, and you you're yeah. in this really cool room with a bunch of jerseys and, and memorabilia up on the wall. And you showed us beforehand your number nine jersey from Temple. Now, they don't give out single digit numbers to many defensive players in college, do they? No, no. What? Why'd you choose nine? How'd you get that? What's the story behind it? Well, single digits at Temple, you know, were started. I don't know who started. I want to say that might have been Al Golden who started that, or uh, even Bruce Arians who started that. I don't, I don't know where. I don't really. I don't really know what coach started the single digit tradition. But uh, no matter no matter who that coach is, the coaches have no input on who received a single digit whatsoever. You know, um, they don't get a vote. They don't get a say. It's just voted uh, uh, among the players, um, and it can be taken away from the players as well. You know, it's. And it's reserved for those guys um, that are tough, dependable, smart, fast, physical, um, elite, competitive, whatever, whatever category um, that is, you know, on and off the field, um, in the weight room, in and out. Uh, and the reason why it's that way, uh, why we have the players vote on it is because the, the players are going to hold you accountable, you know, the, the – the brotherhood and the, and the, the temple locker room is, is, is different than a lot of places, you know, that, that culture is so deep within that building. Um, it doesn't matter, uh, who is, who that coach is, you know, that, that's what, that will always be a, a staple of, of Temple University. And, um, and the players do a good job of, of holding, you know, of voting in the guys that they think uh, are deserving uh, to have those numbers. And there's been times where, where numbers have been taken away as well. Um, but that's that's like you, you just got to be a you got to be a dude to 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 get to get one of those and to have one you know for uh, to be able to hold one for for more than one year you know so so that so, leads into my question when did you get the number nine what were you before nine and then how did you how did that transition happen where you got the number nine um so before I was nine I was actually number ninety one and I got number nine my junior year 
or the end of my the end of my sophomore year, I got nine. I'm like going into that uh, going into that junior season, but uh, yeah. So I had my junior and senior year, and I was number nine. You know, as a play-by-play announcer, I really love the way the NFL does it because it kind of keeps everything. You know, if, if I see some somebody in the fifties making a tackle. It's a linebacker. Although the linebackers have changed over the years, right? We're seeing more 40s. I mean, you have like a yeah. 28. You have weird linebacker numbers in this era of football. But let, my question is this, Jacob. If you had it your way, would you blow all that away and say, let's open it wide? And you could do things like that, like single digits for some and, you know, have a team vote for others or whatever the case may be. Would you do it if I made you commissioner in charge of that sort of thing? No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. That's just no. like a in, in college. I just remember that was a headache, you know. To it's it's hard to identify people that way, yeah. you know. Like if you're on like special teams or something, you don't know if this guy's a fast guy or a, or a, like a tough <laughs> guy. You don't know who's trying to run you over or what or trying to run by you. So no, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> That's refreshing. That's good. I like it. Let's keep it the way it is. Not bad at all. But you know, you have like the wide receivers now. I mean, 20 years ago, it was hard to find a wide receiver in, in the teens. Yeah. Now they're all in the teens virtually. You know, you still have some in the 80s, but 80s looks so old-fashioned now when you see yeah. a, a wide receiver in the 80s. Now you think about it. Now you say that, honestly. <laughs> it really does. I just think it's funny. Look, it would drive us nuts with the offensive lineman in particular. You know, if there yeah. was an offensive lineman with three or something, it would just drive me crazy. So. <laughs> Or, or a deep, or like, or like, it's like a, a 300 pound nose guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can't have anything like that going on. All right. So last year you're traded to the Texans. What was your reaction? I mean, that's got to be as a professional athlete, it's got to be kind of shocking when you get the news like, Oh, by the way, you're going to another city. And what was your reaction? And who are some of the people who in the locker room reached out really made you feel welcome at first when you got here? Yeah, man, the trade really threw me off, to be honest with you, because uh, I've never experienced a trade before, and my and my brother has never experienced a trade, you know. So I, I like I didn't even have like like uh, an asking point, you know. Like, has this really worked, you know? It kind of took me it took me by surprise, obviously, you know. Uh, I wasn't expecting to be traded, but you know, is it, it's a it's a blessing for sure. It was a blessing uh, for sure, you know. And I'm thankful that I was traded for for uh, such a quality player and. and uh, um, so I, I, I thought that, that they thought of me in high regard to bring me in and to, to let me, to tell me step into whatever kind of role they, they asked me to, you know, but, uh, when I got here, I'd say Whitney, Scar, uh, B-Mac, Zach, the linebackers welcomed uh, me and Mingo with open arms, you know, so, you know, so it was awesome. Was you it guys kind of formed a... a band. It didn't even take very long. <laughs> yeah, like, no, not at all. Totally in like you'd been in playing for years together. Did you hear the <laughs> yeah. interview with Mark and Cal McNair last week where he said he wanted to see the Rock Boys get back together and do their <laughs> and do their celebration again? Did you hear did you hear that? I mean and yeah. <laughs> how does that make you feel at being a one of the Rock Boys, the original founding members? Oh, it's awesome, you know. It's we got we're we're getting the band back together. You know, the the world tour is still going. We're still rocking, so <laughs> um you know, it's awesome. How did that get going? I have no idea, man. Like we, we had, we had, it started as like a handshake, you know, like at practice, you know, and then like a, a breakdown and then a sack celebrations and then the rock boys are born. All right. So Watson you know does what? the, 
I was going to ask the the Will Fuller celebration. Do you know what that was? What was that? I have no, I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I like it though. I have no idea. I may do it. What did he do? Uh, what did he do? It was like I a little it. squiggly and a jump, and all the wide yeah. receivers got in there, and they. I thought it was a video game. I have I have no idea. They're like they're like doing like two hops back and forth and front and back, and then they jump really high in the air one time. <laughs> Watson does the air guitar. So is he sort of an honorary rock boy? And is he on a solo career while you guys are a band? I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> uh, we do have a, a fifth member uh, in, in Deshaun Watson. So hey, let's rock out. Do you, you remember when Kiss broke up and everyone they were they were like putting out their solo albums? <laughs> That's what we're on right now. We're putting okay. out our solos. <laughs> Jacob Martin bringing up Kiss. This is decades before your time. He dressed up. Kiss last year, Mark. It still it is. I know. I, I did yeah. like. I did like the Halloween. It was Halloween. Yeah, right? I was, no, it was for. Uh, yeah, I, I was Catman Chris. What are your plans this year for Halloween? What are you gonna? What do you got going this year? I don't know, but I think I think we gotta. I, I, I want to do something. Uh, maybe like seventies, like super seventies, like like almost like glitter glitter band, like with those like those giant unitards with like the deep V's. Oh, okay. You know, maybe I don't. I don't. I got I got I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of a reference that maybe, maybe Will Ferrell wore this at some point in. What was that? What is it? What is that? Uh, Blades oh. of Fire. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Blades of Glory. Blades uh, of Glory. Yeah. Movie. Blades yeah. Of glory. Like a like a fit like that with like some crazy long like oily jerry girl looking hair or something. I don't know. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? I'm just shooting from the hip right now. We yeah, have we have talked about we will we'll wait for the photos. <laughs> <laughs> From these faces, you guys, you guys are, are feeling it. <laughs> We're trying right, to it's got it. promise. It definitely has promise, for sure. All right, Jacob Martin is our guest, and uh, we're going to get to some questions. Boy, I think we already did, uh, but we're going to get to some off-field type questions for Jacob Martin, get to know him a little bit better, and we will talk about the Titans. It is coming up, I promise you. Uh, we'll talk about what's happening this weekend with your Houston Texans as they try to go back-to-back in victory Sunday in Nashville. It's the Texans Player Show on Texans Radio. Keep it here for more of the Texans Player Show right here on Texans Radio. With Houston Methodist Virtual Urgent Care, you can skip the drive and the waiting room and connect to our board-certified providers from your computer, tablet, or mobile phone. Virtual urgent care visits are available 24-7, no appointment needed, even on weekends and holidays. Now you can get the same trusted care you expect from Houston Methodist, wherever you are, whenever you need us. To learn more, visit HoustonMethodist.org. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. The Houston Texans scratch ticket from the Texas Lottery is your ticket for a chance to win up to $100,000. And it's your opportunity to enter promotional drawings for a chance to win an away game trip on a private plane, VIP season tickets, luxury suite tickets to a home game, and more. So get your Houston Texans scratch ticket today. Houston NFL Holdings LP, all rights reserved. For detailed game odds and information, visit txlottery.org or call 800-375-6886. Must be 18 or older to purchase a ticket or enter a promotional second chance drawing. Play responsibly. Play responsibly. Play responsibly. We're back for more of the Texans Players Show on Texans Radio. 
It's Texans Radio with the Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty, and Jacob Martin is our guest tonight. And let's get to some other questions. Texans and Titans Sunday at noon in Nashville. Well, before we get to those questions, though, Jacob, do you recall much about the game up there last year? Because that was a huge opportunity for you guys, and you fully took advantage of it getting the victory that afternoon. The defense had a huge hand, obviously, playing well all e- all afternoon, but also getting that big takeaway at the goal line that Witt returned a long way, setting up a score. Oh, yeah, man. That was, uh, that was, that was, a, that was a great game, you know. And uh, it was unfortunate. Uh, I was hoping to see Witt score, you know, take one to the house, you know. But uh, I fell a little short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that was, that, was a, that was a good team win for sure. Okay, let's get to some questions here. And mine has to do with binge-watching. Name a show during COVID that you've binge-watched. The audience needs to know this information, I think, because everyone's still looking for ideas uh, on things to watch. When I tell you that this quarantine, me and my girlfriend watched, like, literally everything you could possibly watch. (laughs) Like we binge, uh, there's this, there's like a couple new shows that popped up on, on Netflix, like the, the show, the show called The Order. It's about like the secret society, um, like at a college. Uh, and then we watched How to, How to Get Away with Murder, Mm -hmm. um, Dexter. uh, Oh, so you went back. Okay. Yeah. We were, we were watching some, some, some good shows, uh, I've never seen Dexter. I know what Dexter is. I've seen Dexter's a Dexter's a great show. Yeah, I need to check it out. It's a great idea too. Like I haven't seen it either, but that's a fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Dexter. I'm trying to think. What else we watched? watched? That was really good. Uh, Did you do Ozark back? Because that came out right at the start. Seemed like. Uh, yeah, I've watched Ozark, but I I was binging that before (laughs) quarantine. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a given. Yeah, and you did Tiger King, of course. Oh, Tiger King. That was right at the beginning. That was perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did anybody have watched Tiger King if we were not all stuck at home? I feel like that is a show I totally would have passed over, but after, like, it being on Netflix for just one day, like, people, mm-hmm. everyone was talking about it. I mean, it was great. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a great. Through, it was... made it even more awesome. But I don't know if that's something that I would have necessarily clicked on or had time to pick on. Yeah, yeah, probably not. If I would have saw it, like, on social media, if uh, people would have been talking about it, I probably would have checked it out or something. But if if I wasn't stuck in the house, I most definitely wouldn't have clicked on that. Definitely get less picky when you Yeah. <laughs> so let's say you're not stuck in the house, but you're stuck on a desert, like a deserted island, <laughs> okay? You have unlimited water supply. You get one meal a day. So you're not going to starve. You're not going to go – you're not going to get dehydrated. What two other things are you bringing with you to this island? What two other things am I bringing with me to this island? Yes. Wait, you have the food? You have one meal a day? One meal a day and, pl- and unlimited water. Hmm. So do, you I get bring- an op- do I get an opportunity to leave the island? Like- uh, no. After- no. No. No, that's the whole idea, Jake. So I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm, the, I'm there forever. Well, yes. maybe. You could get off, maybe, but you don't know. Like, it's not like... They're coming in 30 days. It's you got to hunker down. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got a way to get off. Okay. And I have food and water, or one meal a day and water. Well, one meal a day is not going to cut it. So, uh, I'd probably have to. Uh, mm, I don't know. What would I bring? 
Protein bars. I would, I would bring uh, – yeah, More food. <laughs> I don't know. I'd bring a – I've got a good suggestion. Satellite phone. Boom. A satellite phone would be good. good yeah. That's a good one. And extra and batteries. I would, <laughs> I would, I would I'd try to find like a, like a solar power one if I could. A solar powered satellite phone. <laughs> and, uh. Ooh, have you seen Castaway? I want to say, say fishing rod, but I also want to say like a football or something or like a, a companion, some kind of companion. I don't know. So like you can always, I could, you can make a companion, right? Uh, some of your teammates have said, you know, like my my wife or my girlfriend. So like you could bring someone. That oh, so I could bring a person. Yeah, I most definitely bring my girlfriend then. Okay. I thought, go. yeah, you have to be specific, Drew. I thought these were inanimate no, objects. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I let them go from there. Make it, you know, cast the net wide and let them. Oh, well, that. Drew's question always brings up more questions. Yes, exactly. That's, that's if I knew about another person, boy, but one meal a day isn't enough for two people. So like, or do we, we go? Each go get get one. One. We each get one. Okay. Okay. It's changing right. by the minute here. These rules. <laughs> My question: If you guys don't like it, then you guys come up. All with right. All right. All right. All right, DP, you're up. My question is way simpler. All right, since you're part of the rock band, if you could pick up any instrument now and play it well, what instrument would you want to learn how to play? Uh, I would say either the drums or saxophone. Oh. That's not what I was expecting. Okay, why? Dr- okay, drums. It's cool, but why saxophone? Because um, I played I played the trombone growing up, but I always I always wanted to play the saxophone. My brothers played the saxophone, but when like like it was like my turn to pick like what instrument I wanted to play like for band class, I was late to the instrument sign out sheet, so I had to play the trombone. <laughs> That's how you got trombone. Yeah. <laughs> This is that is how like, people get clarinet? <laughs> yeah, or like get stuck in like the like oboe section or something. <laughs> it's like being in the C group boarding the plane, you know. Uh, but it's not all the way at the end because tuba is all the way at the end, uh, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind playing the tuba, you know. To be really? honest, with you. yeah, the tuba would be kind of cool. Arm workout with the tuba. Yeah. <laughs> I think drums, you know, they have those electric drum sets, so you could play and it wouldn't bother your girlfriend too much while you're learning and everything. Saxophone, however. That could be a little painful while you're learning for those around you, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, I guess you could say that. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, <laughs> uh, but you're probably a phenom, though. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Sax- <laughs> woodwind instruments. I don't. It's it's tough for me to get a sound out of that thing. You, so, so you played trombone. You play yeah. any other instruments? Um, no, I played the trombone. Uh, like everyone in my house, like we grew up playing instruments. Like that was like our thing. <laughs> like my brother, my brother Josh played. The trombone, the saxophone, the tuba. Uh, my brother Elijah and his so my the twins played the clarinets. Elijah played the saxophone and clarinet. I wow. played the trombone. And then my two younger sisters, one played the flute and then uh one played uh viola. Wow, oh, you cool. guys are your own band. Yeah. You guys ever put them together? <laughs> no, it was Can like anyone sing? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I don't know if anyone can sing. <laughs> we got no singers, but we got a bunch of people you, that are very talented. You're in the rock boys now. You were in the jazz boys back then. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah. Uh, okay, but let's since we're on the subject, uh, give me two or three of your favorite musical artists. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. I would say, 
ODB from Wu Tang Clan. Uh, and then I would say Roddy Rich. Mark is like, yes, I agree. Yes, I totally agree. I'm writing these down. But I know this is, this is hard though. This is yeah, like is, this is, hard. is like hard. This is like this is hard. All right, so so I'm just gonna share something with you. I once asked Deshaun Watson, give me like a uh, you know a classic old school throwback <laughs> throwback musician that I would know that you're into. He's like, I like some Gucci Mane, and I thought. <laughs> We gotta we gotta do better than that. I thought you were gonna go like Earth, Wind, and Fire on me or something like that. I mean, I'm talking old school, okay? So Jacob Martin, give me an old school musician that I would know that you're into, at least two. Uh, this may be. So this is like I'll I'll say like this is like early '70s, so like right at the beginning of the rap. Mm-hmm. I would say like Grandmaster Flash and the Furious oh, yeah. Five, yeah, or like Houdini, mm-hmm. um, the Fat Boys. Um, salt and pepper, you know. Okay. Like I, I, I listen to I listen to all, like all. all <laughs> like that's not that. Is that old school? I feel like that's, that's 90s. old school. That's nineties. Like that's that's like. They, just, they were on tour like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, did Foreigner. Tour. <laughs> <laughs> it's like eight. That's like late eighties ish, ninety early nineties. Going on playlist. To- uh, what's on my play- What's on my playlist right now? Hold on. Oh, he's lucky. This is good. This is good. <laughs> Checking it out. I think Deshaun was joking about Gucci Mane. Mark. I don't know. I think he was trying to be funny with you. Okay, so right now on my playlist, or my am I like old school music playlist? I got Ice Cube, Cypress Hill, Ghetto Boys, Soul of Mischief, Wu Tang Clan, Method Man, Red Man, Nas, Exhibit, Bone Thugs and Harmony, KRS One, Jay Z, Tupac, Black Street. Puff Daddy, Biggie, Busta Rhymes, Black Street, Black Sheep, A Tribe Called Quest, Mob Deep, Public Enemy. I like uh, Public Enemy. You like Mob Deep too, because I think there was a song of Mob Deep's that you heard at training camp in West Virginia, and you you were like, I like this song. Hey, watch uh, this one. <laughs> all right, yeah. Well, you know what I like. Okay, Jacob Martin, we like him, and we have another segment with the Texans defender. So let's get to it next on Texans Radio. The big finish is up next. The Texans Players Show continues in a moment. Get the inside scoop on the game straight from the players. It's the Texans Players Show. Jacob Martin is our guest on the Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer with you with D.B. Sidhu and Drew Doherty. Great to have you listening tonight, Texans and Titans, on Sunday at noon. And, Jacob, the weirdness of the week, uh, you kind of know who the Titans are uh, with the game against the Bills Eh, obviously a factor, but it's not like they're going to overhaul the roster before Sunday's game. So um, what do you make of this as you're back-to-back in the division? You're actually in a stretch of three out of four games in the AFC South. This is really cool in a way because it's a chance to sort of get right back into the mix after a rough start. It's an interesting week. You know, obviously having having a, a game on a Tuesday, you know, and then having to come uh, a quick turnaround to play on, on Sunday. So it will be interesting to see. What, what kind of moves they make throughout the week. Um, and then just having an opportunity to be able to watch them uh, is awesome. 
What about, all right, so there's a lot of talk about bubbles in sports, right? We just got through the NBA season. They had a complete bubble. Baseball, they bubbled similarly to the NFL where you're in your city and you're going to travel and be as safe as possible. And there's talk about an NFL postseason bubble where for the playoffs, uh, everybody would be in sort of, I think, two different bubbles uh, similar to the NBA. Uh, what are your thoughts on a postseason bubble and, and how – you know, we'd, we'd love to be there if there is one. But what are your thoughts on that kind of thing as a player? Uh, I think that would, that would be a lot more feasible to do. Um, but that's still, you know, 300-plus people per club, you know, that would be Tier 1 or Tier 2 individuals, you know. Um, that's, a, that's a lot of people. That is that is a full roster with their 16 practice squad players. Mm-hmm. That's coaches. That's strength staff, equipment staff, nutritionists, chefs, training room staff, and then like your your everyday PR staff that are interacting with players every day. That's a that's a lot of people to hold, and then to, to be able to hold. If we, even if we split it up by divisions, you know, AFC and NFC, there's that's that's still eight teams, you know, that got to be in a one in one location, and that's like 900 people. We're gonna put 900 people. That's the whole NBA bubble. A very, On Drew's Island. Yeah. On Drew's Island with the one meal. Yes. <laughs> you don't need an island for that big of a group of people. Have you have you seen some of the talk about a possible week 18? If yeah, yeah, that's, get reshuffled just to give uh, yeah. a chance to recover and schedule things out? What do, what do you think about that? I think that's cool. I think that's uh, hopefully that's a, a last resort type of thing, you know. And I, I have seen uh, seen that around and floating around. But if there's a way to do a playoff bubble, you know, they can figure out a way to do it. You know, we have time while we're trying to figure it out now. If they can figure it out and come up with a plan where, you know, there's enough space where teams can practice, you know, and there's enough privacy where now you don't got to worry about teams having their own. They're not, it's not shared facilities, you know, just so, just so everything is, there just needs to be enough space. I think, I think it'd be, it's a cool idea, cool concept. Um, but even if it's like a, I can imagine them doing like a soft bubble, you know, like having teams, holding teams in their own city, like a soft bubble, and then just allowing them out for travel. How has it been for you, Jacob, since the start of it and now, uh, as you try to stay safe? Obviously, you go to the facility every day, get tested and everything like that. Uh, but when you're at home and, you know, not going out as much or at all or whatever, how have you been handling it personally? Uh, you know, kind of just... Really, my routine honestly really hasn't changed. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, uh, like in terms of like my my m- movement like throughout Houston, I really didn't really go anywhere before. So, <laughs> 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 you know, uh, and then now like when I like if I go to the grocery store, if I'm doing um, some kind of like uh, fundraiser, or if I'm passing out food or something, I'll just make sure I have a, a mask and gloves and. Uh, Make sure I'm washing my hands when I'm outside, not touching my face and stuff like that, not setting my phone down on surfaces and just not uh, avoiding a lot of like those uh, hand-to-hand com like touching with people and uh, things like that in public. But uh, other than that, you know, just really just kind of just vibing at the house. How often, <laughs> how often when you have to go run an errand and you need to go into a place and you have to wear a mask, how often do you find yourself? getting out of your car without your mask and getting halfway in the 
Because I I'm doing it like every three or four days, and it's like, oh, I got to turn around and go get it. I do it at least once a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> once a day. So like I like I I have masks everywhere. I have like masks in my car, masks in my backpacks, masks in the facility, masks in the house, masks in my pocket. I don't know who like it. Because <laughs> I, I I will forget it. Like it's just it's gonna happen. I mean, it's got to kind of be a relief to go to practice. You don't have to wear a mask, right? You can just like breathe. That's oh yeah, nice. so it's it's really nice. It's really nice to be at practice, you know, and just be able to to breathe normally, you know, outside. So yeah, my kids playing basketball and practicing and in work preseason workouts, and they make everybody wear a mask during the workout. Yeah. Oh man. Like these kids are gonna pass out. <laughs> oh man, that is terrible. I tried to do. I tried to. I tried to run a lap with my mask on. Didn't work out too well. <laughs> So uh, if you were a professional athlete, I'm going back to the question segment because what the heck, I'm, I'm going to call it audible. If you were a professional athlete in another sport, what would you want it to be? I mean, you baseball. pick baseball. Oh, that was fast. <laughs> yeah. Baseball, Why is that? Growing up? Um, I, I played baseball growing up. You know, I, I think if I would have stuck with that, I'd been pretty good at it. And it's a good sport to be as a professional athlete, right? As far as the mm-hmm. wear and tear, although it's a lot, a lot of games, but you don't have any practice really. You just warm up and go, right? That's got to be kind of nice compared to yeah. What I think you go I think through. I think it'd be nice to 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 play professional baseball. You know, I feel like you could play for a long time. You know, it's not a lot of wear and tear on your body, mm-hmm. um, and it's a lot of games. You know, and like something for something for me is like I like I want my I want my kids to be able to see me play. You know. Um, Mm-hmm. For for at least a good amount of time, be able to enjoy that as well. Who's got it best? If you're really good, golf, baseball, basketball, football. Who's got it best? Ooh, golf. You threw golf in there, and you can golf forever. See, that's the thing, right? Uh, how long did Arnold yeah, Palmer golf for? Yeah, he like we. His last competitive round was in a senior event here in Houston. And it was like, I mean, obviously, uh, it was probably 15 years ago or something. But yeah, you could be relevant for a very long time. But still, like he was like 73 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he was up there. You know, so that's ah, man, that's a tough one. Like throwing golf in there, you got to go with golf because you can make a lot of money off golf endorsements. He might still be the top earner, and he's dead. Uh, you know, with all the, no, he's got all these businesses and it goes right. on and on and on. Uh, but what, all right, so let's take golf out. What about the others, the other sports? Baseball. Yeah. Yeah. They get a lot of money. You know, like for fo- football, like to be like a, like you gotta, you gotta, this is a, this is a, a, t- a hard game, man, to play for a long time. Mm-hmm. This is a very hard game. Like you gotta, it like, you gotta be durable, man. It takes a, this game takes a toll on you, for sure. Are you already changing the way you take care of your body and things like that as you progress through your career? Oh, most definitely. This is this is probably the most uh, body work I've done ever on my body this year. You know, well, uh, yeah. like it's probably the most money I've spent like this year on like this year already. I've already spent more than I spent in the past two previous years. Just I'm not just training and whatever. Just like. Well, with COVID, you know, I had to build my own gym in my house. So, mm-hmm. like, that that was a big one. And then just having certain, the right people, you know, be able to – that people that are already being tested for COVID on, like, a, a normal basis that work with other athletes and stuff like that and being able to see them, you know, in, 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 a, in a more routine capacity. 
rather than just like, oh, I'm, I need a little adjustment here or there. Cool. All right, that's going to do it for our show tonight. That's all the time we have, Jacob. We could hang out for hours, but we really appreciate you uh, being with us here tonight. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right, there's Jake Martin and number 54 in your program. Check him out Sunday at noon against the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. It'll be live right here on wherever you're listening to this, at the flagship, Sports Radio 610 or one of our affiliates. Texans all access on the way. Have a great night and go Texans. This is Texans Radio. It's Mattress Firm's Safe Big Sale. Don't miss savings of up to $300 on our top-rated brands. Plus, get a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases of $6.99 or more and save up to 40% on select mattresses from our best-selling brands like Sealy and more. Don't wait. Shop in-store, online, or by phone with a sleep expert for these amazing deals. Only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. Some products only available online. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. Behind every incredible play are thousands of data points you might otherwise miss, such as player speed, field location, and movement patterns. The NFL uses AWS to process this large and complex data in real time. It's called NextGen Stats, and with AWS machine learning and artificial intelligence technology, the NFL has developed ways to uncover deeper insights and expand the fan experience by offering a broader range of advanced stats and visualizations. Visit nextgenstats.nfl.com for all things stats. NextGen Stats, powered by AWS Stats.